welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice. So you're Susan Harris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get through the intro, Brent, and then you can ask your burning question. <laughs> to finish my thought, another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, joined by a man still in dry dock, Ski. <laughs> And a man who uh, took an 84-year-old woman and made her look like a 64-5-year-old drag queen, Brent. Exactly. <laughs> I think there's a lot of drag queens who like Golden Girls who appreciate that joke. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Probably, um, yeah. I think it is big in the community, but yeah. <clears throat> uh, anyways, uh, so Brent, today we're going to be going over uh, Season 6, Episode 10, Girls Just Want to Have Fun Before They Die. But I mm -hmm. think you might have a question for me before you jump into the... Uh, <laughs> Both of you. So burning, burning okay. question. All right. Um, so this is a question that my wife asked me, mm -hmm. and then I was like, "Oh, that's a really good one." I'm sort of elaborating on the premise, but basically, so which of the Golden Girls do you think is the most expendable? Like, if you had to get rid of one, who would it be? Like, and it's one of those things that we're not killing one of them off. It's like they were just never on the show. Okay. Like you can only afford three Golden Girls, three of the four. <laughs> well, the <clears> thing that's <throat> tough is because obviously so much of Sophia's part in it is mm -hmm. in relation to Dorothy. You know? yeah. I don't know if you put Dorothy off the show, mm -hmm. would you then make Sophia the mom, the mother of somebody else on the show or would it be <clears throat> the mother I of a person who just was never on the show? Exactly. Just that's an old woman that's living with them. I made her the mother-in-law. Oh, I don't okay. care if it's Charlie or George. Ah, okay. But you know, her son brought her in, and then the son died, mm. and now the daughter-in-law sort of stuck with this mother-in-law. That's that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd have to go with Dorothy, but it's tough. I, I think that she's an amazing actress, and I think that mm -hmm. you know she makes a great contribution to the show. Mm. But so do the other three, and yeah. they're more unique in their contributions. Exactly. So exactly, that's exactly what I went with. What about you, Ski? Would you agree I with that? I don't know. So if you look historically, I mean, uh, I don't think Sophia was ever meant to be as big a part of the show as, well, well, no. at the very beginning, at least. I think you're right, and I think she was just a, like, we got her instead of Coco. Yeah. You know. So Coco's who I'd cut. <laughs> <laughs> then you can never stay golden. Um, but uh, out of the four that we, you know, had through the whole series, um, I don't know, I kind of... I'm different from you guys. I think Dorothy is a lot of times like the moral or at least uh, mental stat, like the center for the group. Sure. So I think without her, you lose a lot of the uh, content. You got to have the straight man, right? Kind of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, that's a, I don't know. I, I think it, anyone you lose, you lose a lot of gold comedy and, and you know, the dynamic of the group. Mm -hmm. As much as I love her the most, I think Rose. Mm. Really? Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to take that back. <laughs> I would say Blanche. Even oh, okay. though it's her house, I think a Rose, Dorothy, Sophia would work better than than Miss and Blanche. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I was putting them in the pecking order, I'd probably go Dorothy. Then I'd probably go with Sophia, even though I think she's great and she has the best one-liners. Mm -hmm. I think you could pass the one-liners around. I don't necessarily know that her mm -hmm. stories are super necessary in what's going yeah. on in the series. So I think I'd probably go Sophia next, and then then I'd probably go Blanche, and I, I think I would save Rose as last. Mm -hmm. So agreed. If we were doing a solo show for one of them, I'd do a solo Rose <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those things that, you know, having the um, it's easier to mind comedic laughs out of a character that's not that bright. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
and then after that, you know, just it's easier to mind lives, mind laughs out of like a, you know, a sexually promiscuous geriatric. Right. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and then after that, it's easier to mind laughs out of just like a really old woman with no filter. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I think it's gotten much more possibilities for hilarity to ensue if you've got those three. Fair points. Fair points. But if you think about it, too, like you could really just rename the show the... Uh, Unbreakable Rose Nyland, and well, <laughs> you know, Kimmy Schmidt is a very similar yeah. type of a character <laughs> exactly. to Rose. I, I we should have noticed this immediately, but you just described Golden Palace. <laughs> 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 Did you not? I mean, they they rolled the dice and said, "Yeah, we could do this without Dorothy." Yeah, and then they did. Yeah, but in that case, though, Susan Harrison didn't have to choose who to cut. Dorothy cut herself, so yeah. that made it a little easier of a decision. Um, but I'm saying it's still. You've got proof positive that it works at least a little bit. Yeah, certainly. (laughs) For a season. (laughs) (laughs) A very little bit, I guess. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, with with the the missing of the four, I think, you know, you've got some success, but it's not as good without the four. They all kind of bounce off each other. Fair enough. I I think that's true. All right. So, Brent uh, Brent is going to be doing our recap today. Uh, So, are you ready to kick things off? I am. All right, so we got season six, episode ten. Girls just want to have fun. Ellipses. <laughs> I don't appreciate your bedroom talk on this. He was trying to break into the ASMR there. Yeah, stay in my lane. <laughs> uh, so this episode was another Matthew Diamond joint. It was written by Gail Parent and James Bellali. Uh, they most recently co-wrote Blanche Delivers. So the episode originally aired on November twenty fourth, nineteen ninety. Uh, to put that date into perspective, it was the same day that uh, Sarah Highland, Haley Dunphy on Modern Family, was born. Oh, okay. What day uh, is this? Uh, November 24th, 1990. So uh, for those interested in such things, Claire Dunphy, assuming she's the same age as Julie Bowen, was 20 years old on November 24th, 1990. Okay. I always assumed Claire would have been a little bit older when she had Haley. Yeah, I would think so. Because I, I would think like she would have been done with college. Uh, yeah. Because, exactly. you know, we know that she went through, I think that's where she met Phil or whatever on mm-hmm. the show. So, yeah. It surprised me that you know that much about the show because you've expressed to me your disdain for it in general. Yeah, I watched the first three seasons. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. And that's when you decided you hated successful white people. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do feel like that was, it wasn't that specifically, but you were like, yeah, you just. Like their problems were. It was 2008 when I stopped, you know, because we had the recession and the economy went to crap. Mm. And I was like, so this real estate agent, nobody's buying houses, (laughs) and yet he is still flush with cash and can take the family to Hawaii. And, you know, and people are still getting custom closets installed. And it was just too much. Hey, hey, now the rich going to be rich. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just, so anyway, and it just never got me back after that. Mm. Fair enough. Like if they all would have had to move in with uh, Al Bundy, oh, okay. then they'd like, oh, okay, I get it. The economy hits us all. <laughs> you know? So it was the lack of realism that turned you off <laughs> exactly, to it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It needs to be evergreen, Brent. <laughs> we don't necessarily need to be tied to the <laughs> events of the day. Tethered to the sadness of the reality right. that we live in. So, anywho, so speaking of November 24th, we got Florida Man. Ah, nice. November 24th edition. So, Pinellas County, a 64-year-old man was arrested after threatening Pier 60 employees with a machete. Mm. An arrest affidavit stated Clarence Clement began shouting profanities at store workers after he was told the bathroom was closed. 
While seated in a wheelchair, Clement allegedly pulled out a 12-inch machete and mm. proceeded to swing it towards employees in a threatening manner. I sure hope that's not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> Clement was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct, and court documents imply that alcohol may have played a role in the incident. You know what strikes me is that is eerily familiar to one that you've said before. Like it was like a dude with a machete at a gas station before. Do you remember I that? I think he was naked, though. Yeah. The, the prior yeah, one. yeah. The dude before was naked and not in a wheelchair. Right. And that's really the difference between Florida cripples and Indiana cripples. Because um, they have machetes. <laughs> no. Like when Florida cripples get up to no good, they go to jail. Ah. When Indiana cripples, they just get jobs with the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a nice inside joke. <laughs> it is. I mean, literally. I mean, if people listen to all of our episodes, they would probably get the reference. Yeah. But they'd have to be listening real damn close. Exactly. <laughs> For the bonus content. Right. At the end. <laughs> I don't think Ski even knows what the hell we're talking about, and he's been here for every episode. I think he just met bad Colts players. No, no, he was. <laughs> like. <laughs> Exactly. It was funny to me on a different level, I guess. Exactly. Colts need to hire more wheelchair guys because they're guaranteed not to take a knee. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is that is that what it comes down to then or what? No. <laughs> no. It's a person we used to work with. Okay. Who wasn't a nice good dude. Ladies. And, and he was part of the reserves. His he had a situation where it wasn't like um, he was driving in in a war zone and drove over like a something that caused him to lose his, the use of his legs or sure, yeah. lose his legs altogether or something like that. But he came back, still was just as bad of a dude when he came back. So um, cheating on his wife. With <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think I remember you guys talking yeah. about this and before. She was young too. Mm-hmm. Like, not, I mean, she was of age and everything, but yeah. He had a good ten years on her, and mm. she was immature. So right. it was just a whole big mess. Yeah, and then uh, and but then he got some robot legs and a job with the Colts. <laughs> so that's that's the the it, it has nothing to do Lieutenant with Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing to do with any political stances um, yeah. or anything of that nature, <laughs> or him thinking the Colts give up too easily. Whatever your you know stance on taking a knee would be, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, no, just, just literally a bad person we used to work with that got a job with the Colts. Hey, we used to work with them. Mm-hmm. We did, yeah. We worked at the uh, at the Dome back before the Lucas Oil days. So anyways, Sophia returns from a date with the Latin from Manhattan, Tony <laughs> Del Vecchio. Uh, she tells the other Goldens that he's so handsome she'd bump uglies while two sets of teeth chatter on the one-night stand. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy tells Sophia that she's not interested in hearing her body talk, and Sophia <laughs> says she's out of luck because that's the only thought her lower brain is having. She tells the Goldens it's not physical. She truly loves this man. Dorothy tells her to take things slow. She doesn't want her rushing into relationships like she did with Max or Toshiro. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche yeah, tells she is still a married woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Uh, Blanche tells Sophia that if she truly loves this man, uh, she can give her feminine wiles a refresher course you know, because no harm ever comes from adult education. Sophia <laughs> says yes. <laughs> 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 and if anybody's curious, <laughs> season one, episode 20, will give you a better uh, idea of what Brent is referring to. <laughs> uh, so Rose gets a letter from St. Olaf. Apparently, Sophia's not the only one praying for a dry smell to end. <laughs> Rose tells the other Goldens that to make it rain, she needs to be celibate. 
Uh, Blanche tells Rose that she shouldn't let celibacy negatively impact her relationship with Miles. Uh, considering how dangerous sex with her is, Miles' heart probably could use a break. Right. Uh, Blanche tells Rose... Well, and how that, much she, like, d- demands it, too. <laughs> yeah. If it's anything like with Charlie, then, you know, that man's got to have the endurance of a freaking racehorse. Exactly. So Blanche tells Rose that with a little strategery, uh, she can turn Miles into a better boyfriend. Now, long-time listeners know that I don't much care for editorializing during these recaps. <laughs> but I'd like to go on record just this once with my opinion that Miles is already a pretty swell boyfriend. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, Everything we've seen from Miles, he is a, an A-plus boyfriend. Yeah. So I don't know, does he need to be an A-plus-plus? Doesn't seem fair. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so with the understanding that Blanche will be molding both Rose and Sophia this week, the episode begins in earnest. So can I mention a couple lines yeah. in there that I liked? Uh, I did like early on, uh, Sophia's referring to a dream that she had about uh, Tony. Yeah. And she, I think, makes some reference to him, her being Joan of Arc. Yeah. And Blanche is like, wow. She says that, uh, I think she asked, did he put out the fire? And mm-hmm. she said, yeah, three times, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And she says, wow, the seldom achieved Joan of Arc <laughs> fantasy triple. Sophia, I hate you. Yeah. Uh, that was solid. That was pretty funny. And then uh, I think there was another part where uh, Sophia said her philosophy was uh, today could be the last day of the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always enjoyed that. Yeah. And then there was another uh, where she says, uh, this is when Rose was talking to Blanche you know, mm-hmm. about uh, celibacy or whatnot. And she says, Blanche, I don't think you... I realized the, how powerful sex is. Once Charlie and I actually made love until the cows came home, mm-hmm. uh, but reference that she was actually wearing a bell during the time. Yeah. <laughs> so. exactly. And then didn't Dorothy say, that's why they call it Ding Dong or something? Yeah, that's what they call you. I can't remember exactly the phrase, but yeah, that was mm-hmm. more and or less. And then Rose was like, yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that was all. There were some good lines there in that, uh, yeah. that first first part of the episode. I appreciate, too, that you went out of your comfort zone and gave a little bit of uh, your own commentary. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I like just the facts mm-hmm. normally, but, right. <laughs> you know, you've got to take a stand. When... Now, you were on such a good rhythm in the beginning, I was like, these could be Beastie Boy lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So I think, uh, I think I'm good as far as what I had noted down for yep. that, that opening portion. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, no, there was one more that... When Blanche was uh, telling Sophia that she would coach her, you yeah. know, on getting sexual again or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the phrase she used was, but she was like, okay, but you have to listen to everything I say. When I say jump, you say on who. Yeah. I thought that was a solid Blanche line as well. Yeah. So, sorry. Now you can go on. Cool. So, Rose. There was one. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And Sophia was like Joan of Arc. (laughs) (laughs) Like, who put that shrimp on the Barbie? (laughs) Um, So Rose finalizes her appearance for her date with Miles, and she makes sure she's not gone too far. Uh, She doesn't mind withholding the goodies, but she doesn't want to make him suffer. Mm -hmm. Uh, The revamped Sophia enters the living room, and Blanche has turned Sophia Petrillo into Sophia Loren. Mm -hmm. She also appears to have lent Sophia a fake bosom she used in a recent production of Our Town. (laughs) Although I think that Sophia's were not... Less inflatable. inflatable. Yeah. Yeah. Less balloon-based. I think they're the model (laughs) 2.0. Exactly. Um, So Sophia goes to answer the door, and Miles, who's in the midst of an enforced celibacy, tells her how hot she is. Sophia knows it's the blue balls talking and doesn't (laughs) want to pay him any mind. (laughs) Miles and Rose leave for their date, and this week's MVP, Cesar Romero, shows up to woo Sophia. It obviously worked because immediately after we watch Sophia and Tony leave, we see them in bed post-coital and post-whatever you call the process of reinserting your teeth. 
it was immediately like after it's like be good yeah. i will cut to bed scene mm-hmm. do you think that if you had false teeth mm-hmm. that you'd remove them before sex i don't feel like i would i feel like that that i don't know would make you less attractive i mean i know there's kind of the joke about uh fellatio and whatnot yeah. <laughs> um, involving no teeth but i just think that you know, you'd still want the person that they see you to not be like, uh. <laughs> like an elderly sea turtle. Right, yeah. <laughs> with your droopy lips and whatnot. Like, be like weird. Ren from Ren Stippy yeah. when he's like disappointed. Exactly. So, um, I don't know. I think I'd keep my teeth in until after uh, yeah. you know, the loving was done. <laughs> I feel like if you take your teeth out, that's your way being like, yep, nothing's happening tonight, honey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Teeth exactly. are on the bedside. It's the geriatric version of flannel pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> but see, you you wear a nightgown to bed, so you're always good to go. <laughs> That's right. All right. So this week we're debuting a new feature. Oh. Um, yep. So this is just where we list ten random facts about Caesar Romero. Oh, okay. We're calling it Caesar Salad. <laughs> so uh, do, you, do you think? So this will this is be gonna... a reoccurring one? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. No real. Context next time, just like <laughs> insert in the middle, like, hey, how about Caesar? Exactly. <laughs> just ten more facts about Caesar Romero in a totally unrelated episode. <laughs> right. I, I'm on board with that. Right, so uh, he was born in New York City in February of 1907. Uh, the six foot three actor starred in television and movies for 60 plus years. Uh, the earliest credit that I've seen him in is 1934's William Powell Monoli classic, The Thin Man. Uh, his family was well-to-do prior to the stock market crash in 1929. Uh, fortunately, his earnings in Hollywood were enough to support him and his extended family. Wow. Uh, the relationship was was reciprocated uh, because this lifelong, quote-unquote, confirmed bachelor uh, lived with various family members all of his life, never married, nor did he ever have children, and it's speculated that he might have been closeted. Wow. Uh, Caesar, like most decent Americans... Uh, put his life on hold during World War II in order to serve in the military. Uh, he was in the Coast Guard and saw action in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, Caesar was politically active upon his return and supported numerous Republican candidates. Uh, we should point out that these were traditional small government Republicans with a direct lineage back to Abe Lincoln mm. and not modern hate-mongering Republicans. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, he eventually eased up on supporting candidates but made exceptions for his friend Ronald Reagan and for John Wayne when the ailing Wayne was eligible for the Congressional Medal of Freedom. Now, although I love The Thin Man, Cesar Romero isn't anything close to a star in that one. He was, however, a star in 1960's Ocean Eleven, ah. where he played the villain of the piece, reformed gangster Duke Santos. Cesar was amazing in that one, and if you're tired of rewatching Ocean's 12, I encourage you to check out the original Sinatra version of Ocean's Eleven. Sammy Davis Jr. will break your heart in that one and do it with a song. I would love to see the old one. I've oh, never seen it. so the good. Original. It's really good. I would do a bonus episode on that. Now, what do you say if you're tired of watching Ocean's 12? <laughs> do you feel like that's the one that most people are watching? <laughs> that's, that's the go-to, Alex. <laughs> that they're not watching Ocean's 11 or 13. That they're just Straight to 12. I went with 12 because we were talking a few episodes back about the neighbor on what we do in the shadows. Uh, yeah. Ocean's 12 was his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a subtle callback to that. Very nice, yeah. Well, subtle until Alan ruined it. You're right. <laughs> Kind of the same way that your favorite's Gator Bait 2, Cajun Justice. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, uh, so Cesar Romero first appeared on Batman 66 during the third episode. Uh, he was originally going to be in the debut episode, but scheduling conflicts kept Cesar Romero from participating until later in the season. In that first episode, uh, the Joker battles Batman while using a utility belt of his own. Mm. Uh, spoiler alert, Batman triumphs. 
um, Cesar Romero returns to Batman a few weeks later um, in the episode The Joker Goes to School, and that's the one where the Joker attempts to recruit high school dropouts for his gang of bad pennies, <laughs> and his plot involves rigging the vending machines to give out silver dollars and negotiable stocks and bonds instead of milk. Ah. And if Gotham hadn't had Batman, I cannot imagine he wouldn't have gotten away with it. <laughs> so, in total, the Joker would appear 22 more times, and his final regular-length appearance was towards the end of Season 3 during the episode The Joker's Flying Saucer, and that's one where the Joker decides that his schemes haven't been grand enough, so he decides to rule the universe. Ah. He seems to have forgotten that Batman battles crimes both big and small. Mm. And then Cesar Romero eventually died at the age of 86 from a blood clot that arose from bronchitis. Oh. I was starting to wonder, as after he did his second episode on Batman, I was wondering, is he going to do all of them? <laughs> is it going to be like third appearance? <laughs> if I'd have had more time, yes, I would have done 25 things about Cesar Romero, with 24 of them being Batman appearances. <laughs> Just going through all of the Joker's plots. <laughs> But now that Steve's given me permission to make this a recurring thing. Uh, you can save those. Get the others. Every episode, you can tell us about one more. Exactly. Um, Caesar Romero episode. And in this one, he was the pitcher for the softball team. <laughs> and the batter's mound launched him over the wall. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah. It is solid. That was one that we thought about doing. It's There's an irony, because I think the reason that we shied away from that, or at least for me personally, was just that there already are a lot of, of Batman 66 uh, related mm-hmm. podcasts that have yeah. been or still are going. But there's a shit ton of Golden Girls ones, too. <laughs> so yeah. was, we, if we were going to go with something that a lot of people weren't doing, then probably should have gone a much more obscure obscure route. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways. So after Sophia and Tony finish making the beast with two wrinkly backs, <laughs> uh, she tells him that she loves him. He says he cares for her. And she takes offense that he doesn't feel more for her. She only makes love to those she loves, and if he doesn't reciprocate, she's no better than a common branch. She storms <laughs> out in the audience. She storms out in the audience, panics because we're afraid we won't see Caesar Romero again this episode. I just like uh, the idea of like the audience is like beside themselves. Exactly. <laughs> what? Yeah, an audible gasp. Exactly. <laughs> Don't leave him. <laughs> So Rose returns from her date with Miles. Uh, he walks her to the front door, but after being denied the poontang, kicks her <laughs> to the curb. Rose <laughs> enters the house and starts uh, giving Blanche the business. Before she finishes, Sophia enters, and now she's given Blanche the what for. Dorothy interrupts Blanche's haranguing in order to interrogate Sophia. Good Catholic that she is, Sophia confesses that she did sleep with Tony, but only a little. Mm-hmm. I, I assume that means she just got the tip. Right. <laughs> so Blanche gives Dorothy gives Blanche a lecture about how she's ruined the lives of poor people. To be fair, Rose ruined more lives than that during any given shift at the grief counseling center. <laughs> uh, Blanche eventually takes responsibility for her actions and admits that the men she dates usually aren't as quality as Miles is. Perhaps Blanche could learn a thing or two from Rose and start dating college professors herself. Oh. Uh, Dorothy, not wanting the other Goldens to think she's the ugly stepsister, uh, tells them that Toshiro's assistant sexually assaulted her with a leaf blower. Oh. Dorothy didn't seem upset by this, but presumably it's because it reminded her of the vacuum cleaner she took to the junior prom. <laughs> All the memories. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Or one Rose used to inflate her pants. (laughs) (laughs) Sophia leaves to talk to Tony, and Rose gets a phone call advising her that it started to rain in St. Olaf. The town ain't the only thing getting wet, and Rose heads off to give Miles what's his. (laughs) 
Uh, Sophia arrives at Tony's place, and again, at the risk of editorializing, it's the most masculine room I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the, two, the two of them admit their true feelings for one another, and those feelings include Tony's love for Sophia. The episode ends with Tony and Sophia showing each other their collection of dead spouses trading cards. <laughs> wow. <laughs> trading cards, I like that. Well, I got a lot of lines um, <laughs> that I thought were good in that. Because, you know, I don't know, Ski seems a little preoccupied at the moment. But in case I, I was yeah, I was listening, but I, I was also looking up to see if there's anyone of note named Sophia in the cast of Batman sixty six. Ah, well, <laughs> well, I mean, in case you didn't notice, Brent's done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did notice. I'm, I'm ready to start my intro to the next episode. <laughs> right. Much I, I do have a favorite line as well. Oh, okay. Um, to throw in there. Sure. I mean, I, I was can... it one of mine. Say what? Was it one of mine? I loved all yours, but from the episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go for it, Alan. All right. Well, I'll mention a few here. Uh, there was there was one where this was a bit earlier um, uh-huh. in the episode where uh, Blanche was giving Sophia, or not Sophia, excuse me, but giving Rose, I think, different advice on how to, you know, kind of be flirtatious with Miles. Yeah. Um, and, and Dorothy's like, what about the vapors, Blanche? Shouldn't she be overcome by the vapors? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you stole my line. Oh, was that it's, your favorite? Yeah. I thought that was great. It, basically, she was like, uh, she was telling her, she was, you know, like you said, instructing Rose on a few things. She's like, everything I've talked, told you would happen has happened. Mm. You know, and one of the things she mentioned is, he did your laundry and even returned most of it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a good line. Well, and I guess it kind of indicates that he's like, I guess, holding on to her undergarments. I, um, well, I, don't, I didn't read that into it. I just thought maybe he was a dude and was a little sloppy with laundry. Oh, but. no. See, I, I, I took <laughs> admit that he was uh, a little hard up, and so he was taking her, you know, her delicates. Yeah. Wants that sweater with the barn on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, she hadn't been giving it up, so he needs a little uh, token to, to get him through, I guess. <laughs> Sounds weird, a token. That makes me like a serial killer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, anyway. It's always the quiet ones out. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, then, like, yeah, she said, basically, tweak his nose and say, well, sir, I do believe you're uh, jealous. Yeah. And then that's when Dorothy comes with her, well, wait a minute, Blanche. Shouldn't she be overcome by the vapors? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was solid. That um, was a great line. I liked how she did it twice to him. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a go-to response. And then Benji's like, don't touch my nose again. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they're also after uh, Blanche had made up Sophia. You know, she says something about the, what if he doesn't like this or doesn't like me or something like that. And Blanche says, uh, well, that's his hard luck. There are other fish in the sea. And Sophia's response is, well, the ones my age are floating on the top. That was good, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. Let's see here. Um, yeah, when they were in bed together, uh, uh, Sophia and Tony, mm-hmm. um, I like that. You know, she he was saying that she was a perfect, um, perfect lady or something like that. Yeah. And he says, and once again, don't worry about the pants. I know a lot of good tailors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of Tiny Sophia ripping the pants off of somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tony's a pretty big dude, yeah. um, and Sophia's a pretty tiny human. Yeah, um, mighty though. Yeah. Oh, and there was uh, when. Sophia and, and Miles had gone out and got back from their date. Uh, Miles was like, yeah, and the thing, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the evening of lesbian poetry. Yeah. Uh, again, pointing to how good of a boyfriend Miles is like, and, and how good of a dude he is just yeah. in general. Like, There's no prejudice in him. Well, one thing that I didn't kind of like that he did, uh, uh, he almost says, you know, hey, is there another man? And she says, no, there's, you know, well, she never specifically says no, right? Yeah. And so I guess he takes it the wrong way, and he says, Goodbye, Rose. And she's like, you mean goodnight? And he says, no, I think I mean goodbye. And it, it almost, the way the show pro- 
I don't know, the way the timing was, I guess, mm-hmm. it almost came off as, well, if you're not going to be with me in the way I want, we're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're See, not putting I, out, he's done with us. I didn't take it that way. I took it more like, you're not telling me the truth about whatever the situation is going on here. So and just, I'm asking you if you're seeing someone else and you're evading the question. Yeah, it does. So yeah, if that's the way you're going to do it, then I'm out. Like, yeah. you know, beyond. And I don't know why she would lie about it. Granted, yes, it, it's it's dumb that... You know, someone would think that them not having sex would make the rain come. <laughs> but that said, it's like, why would you just be like, yeah, here's the situation. He knows Rose. He accepts her for who she is. And he where loves she her came for who from, she is. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't see any reason why she would have lied to him to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, um, well, I mean, honestly, it goes back to Blanche trying to put that idea in her mind. Right. Where, you know, it's going to make him want her more or something. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. A couple more lines here that I noticed or that I particularly liked. Uh Rose is talking about how someone had told her at, back in St. Olaf that she would have been perfect for the lead in The King and I. Oh, yeah. And then she says, so stupid here, shaves her head and doesn't get the part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I would feel about a bald Rose. <laughs> 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 I mean, some people can pull it off. Um, I don't yeah. know if Rose could or not. <laughs> but. And then uh, one last line that I particularly liked. It was when you know Rose gets the phone call that it's raining, and you kind of get the impression that the oh, yeah. person on the other end is also uh, breaking the their fact. streak. Yeah. yeah, and Blanche picks it up, uh, picks up the phone because you know Rose drops the phone, and just runs off so that she can. Yeah, she kind of creepily miles. listens on the other end. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, she, and Blanche says, "Boy, it must be pouring." <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was a solid line too. How do you think um, Elsie Umbrella King is feeling now? Like, for one thing, like, business is going to pick up. Right. But, you know, when it comes to sex, he's no longer the only game in town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that uh, he probably has the same patriotism for St. Olaf that the rest do, so he's happy. So they specifically said he's su- suffered enough, so. Oh, yeah. So whatever he's gone through beforehand, mm-hmm. the, the the sex during, you know, a drought, I guess, is, mm-hmm. is his Reward? Yeah. I guess. Well, well but I, mean, I assume he suffered because business was down because nobody was buying umbrellas. Ah. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, I didn't read into that. I should have. I can't remember what. I Maybe that was it. I feel like there was some other thing that she said about him, um, but I can't remember to be sure. Um, I think she covered it all. Yeah, good enough anyway. Good enough for the recap you did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had two guest actors on that episode. Of course, uh, Harold Gould playing Miles again mm-hmm. for the fifth time out of the 13 episodes we'll see him on this yeah. series. And then Brenton mentioned a guy, Cesar? Caesar. Oh, Caesar, right. Caesar. Uh, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just doing a ski type joke. Um, uh, Caesar Romero played uh-huh. Tony. Yeah. 361 titles for him, mostly as an actor, only uh-huh. Golden Girls. And as Brent mentioned, uh, he played the Joker on yeah. the 1966 so, Batman. Fan freaking Still probably so, the best Joker. Absolutely. So have you seen him in anything besides Joker in this? No, I don't think I had. Um, so does that like make you. Like, are you more impressed with his Joker now? Did you know that he can do other stuff? No. No, I mean, I can't be more impressed with something I already thought was perfect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think he was a one-trick pony before. I just thought he did a great job as gotcha. the Joker. Uh, I mean, you have to think, how impressive is it that someone's so good at doing a role that they're like, yeah, we'll just paint over your mustache. It's exactly. cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Handle him with a mustache, you don't deserve him as a joker. Right. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, Heath Ledger, as far as a more serious take on the Joker, did a great job, but I still think if I can only pick one Joker, it's got to be... Um, the original. Yeah, it's got to be the original. Mm-hmm. 
who else do we have? So we have Heath Ledger, we have uh, Joaquin Why? Phoenix or Joaquin, yeah, yeah. Phoenix, mm-hmm. and um, of course Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Any other Jokers that I'm missing? Uh, Barry Keegan uh, from the Batman, the new one. Oh, oh, all right. Mark, um, Mark Hamill, yeah, does Mark Hamill, the voice. The voice, for... yeah. I don't count that as much though. I mean, he he does a great job for the voice, but I still don't. I don't think I would put him in my list of Jokers, but it'd be fair too. So but you then only list the live action ones. Yeah, because there's probably a lot of other people that have done the voice acting for yeah. Jokers. I mean, I know he's the most famous of them, yeah. but part of that's also because he's probably the one true celebrity he's, that did the job too. Yeah, he's like Luke Skywalker. And yeah, he's, <laughs> he'll always be. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think uh, out of those, what would you rank them, Brent, out of the live-action ones? Oh, live-action ones, uh, definitely. You know, Caesar first, um, Heath second, Jack third, Barry fourth. And then Joaquin last? Yeah, I hated that movie <laughs> with a passion. I didn't hate it, but That's I didn't love it. one of my least favorite movies of all time. Wow. I, you know, I kind of remember now that you saying that, I remember you... Uh, having quite the disdain for it. Yeah. Remember for like Christmas, didn't I get you like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Made you, made you guys like a little picture with faux uh, signatures. Mm-hmm. And I got you like a family guy yeah. with uh, Matt Groening. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then him, I got the Joker with Heath Ledger. <laughs> so where, where is yours at now, Brent? Uh, your... It's in my closet. Oh, okay, really? I, I would assume it would have just gone straight into the garbage. <laughs> no, 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 I kept it. I kept it, definitely. Um, yeah, it is. I don't know. I, I don't think <laughs> mine might be in the closet somewhere. I don't have a distinct memory of throwing it away, <laughs> so I feel like it must be somewhere. Um, but I feel so honored. <laughs> yeah, you should. So let's see. Well, we did our guest actors. We did our favorite lines and all that business. Uh, Brent did a brief recap and a <laughs> a lot of info on uh, on C- Caesar Romero. Yeah. Um, so now I guess uh, that's who some is... great Florida man stuff. Brent already, yep, a lot of good stuff from Brent. Um, not a lot of episode stuff, but a lot of good stuff nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brent, who was your, uh, well, I already know, uh, Cesar Romero was yeah. your MVP, right? I, I even led with that. Yeah, Tony, that's <laughs> correct. What about you, Ski? Um, I got it written down. Hold on a second. Okay. Um, you got six choices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I picked uh, Dorothy. I thought she was the one that gave the real advice. Mm, okay. Despite, uh, you know, Lance is trying to not intentionally lampoon everybody, but I figured I thought Dorothy was the one that was kind of tempering things. Fair enough. I went with Blanche. I mean, granted, her advice wasn't great, especially on the Miles front. Um, <clears throat> but that said, I thought that uh, she was the funniest overall, gave yeah. the best best well, lines. Well, she, she did give good advice at the end too. Mm-hmm. Well, and her intentions were always good. Like I don't mind if somebody makes a mistake with good intentions. Yeah. Uh, it's more if their intentions are are bad. A lot of times, yeah, you know, she, we have. She's getting painted as very selfish a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. So this is her trying to help people with the, with her own experience. So I'm all right with that. Yeah. Did you like Tony's living room? Yeah, Tony's living room was sweet. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was the manliest room I've ever seen, but it's got to be right up there. He had like a... Recording type thing in the back? Exactly. And a wooden globe. And <laughs> 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 you know, so do you think if you were... Very, that was almost like... Uh, like super villain style, right? Mm. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> you know, it was just like a hippest bachelor pad an eighty year old man could possibly have. Is that what your goal would be if something happens to Helena before you? I think like my home office currently is like, you know, you know, my mind palace. Like mm, okay. <laughs> if you were to dump my brain out, it's like, oh, <laughs> this room represents it. 
So maybe I'll, that's where we should hold your services at. <laughs> <laughs> or you can pour one out for me. Yeah, we'll have you. Uh, what's it called? In state or whatever. Where we're <laughs> locked in state. Yeah. Exactly. Like linen. Yeah. Or like Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, she passed. I realize that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time people are hearing this, that is really old news. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's actually relatively old news even now. Yeah. So um, we um. So my wife and I were at a, going for a walk at lunchtime, and there was a flag, you know, that was at half mast, mm. and we're like, "Oh, I guess he made a good." <laughs> <laughs> was it? A, was it a U.S. flag or it was? was. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was, and, but we don't know like what else it would be at half mast for. Yeah. Like if not for her, then like who else is really passed? Well, so th- was this at a like a residential place? Yeah, like yeah, I saw. Yeah. Well, you never know. Maybe they had a person that. Oh uh, uh, yeah, like a cousin who was in Korea or something. Yeah, something like that. But either way, you know, best to that family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. their mourning, you know, will uh, ease their pain. I yeah. don't know. Anyways, that was an awkward way to end this episode. <laughs> we'll end it. Let's keep it going. Uh, okay, yeah, we we're still only got time to go. <laughs> not quite at forty minutes yet. Right. <laughs> so let's at least get over that hump. Um, um, update: I didn't find anyone named Sophia on the cast. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So Sophia's choice would be well, not as perfect of a transition. Ah. Uh. <laughs> so, so, oh, so you're saying like if we decided to just tack Batman onto the end of this? Yes, like <laughs> Sophia's we, we roll choice from of this Batman one podcast. into Batman sixty six. dedicated a Batman. I would just in one episode. <laughs> yeah. We would just have to change the logo a little bit. <laughs> Sophia's choice for whoever that Sophia was. Oh, no, it would be great if you did Sophia's choice, but you had the exact same logo. You just put a cowl on her. <laughs> oh, yeah. We could totally do that. Yeah, I'm sure you could. Um, I couldn't, but I'm sure you could. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, have you been checking the Instagram? You got any messages or anything? I don't know. Why did you decide to abandon that? Because you have to do more recaps now. <laughs> <laughs> I did look at the Instagram it's the my other fault. day. You got new followers or anything? Uh, uh, yeah, there have been new followers, and I nice. think like nine messages from someone who I thought you had genuinely become like internet <laughs> friends with, <laughs> and then you completely abandon her. <laughs> So, Jennifer, I hope you haven't abandoned our show because Brent's decided... You can respond. Well, you're the one who she's had conversations with. I feel a little awkward, and I'd be like, sorry, Brent's not dead or anything. He's just choosing not to reply or look at your post anymore. Like, that just feels weird. I'd be like, why is that? Well, because he has to do too many recaps to reply to the things you're saying. He doesn't use the internet otherwise. Yeah. He's taking a breather from the socials. <laughs> from the one social that she did. I mean, I'm fine with the post, but you should at least reply to the messages. Now, the posts were epic, by the way. Yeah, they were really good posts. Uh, and maybe that's why we've had such a big drop-off in the last month. <laughs> maybe people think that the whole show has gone away. Yeah, those posts stopped. I don't know. It's... Maybe they all died. I hadn't thought about that, but that may have at least some correlation with the dip. It does. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to think that you have more power than you realize. <laughs> <laughs> Those pie charts aren't going to make themselves, Brent. <laughs> when you walk out that door, we'll never know how high you can fly. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so. 
Speaking of cheesecake, um, we had a cheesecake factory <laughs> last night. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was delicious. Wow, we didn't even okay. give our ratings for this episode yet. No, no, we haven't. I'm not the host. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just all sidetracked now. And I did. <laughs> do we all give our, would our you, MVPs? Would you yes, like we did do the MVPs. Do, two weeks when you edit this, which is like, oh, by the way, I need a... <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I'd be like, hey, what are, we'll need to record for 30. We did that once, remember? There was some sort of an issue. We didn't forget to record it, but there was a problem with the recording at the very yeah. end. So we had to tack on. Um, six and a half for me. Six and a half? Okay. That's a, a high score. I gave it a six, so I guess we're more or less on yeah. the same page. How about you, Ski? I said five and a half. Five and a half? So an average of I a six. Above, sorry, go ahead. No, that's fine, yeah. Six average. I was going to say, I thought it was definitely above average. Mm-hmm. And I love Cesar Romero, of course. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, MVP. I didn't think the plot was all that insanely great. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a great plot. Did you? Yeah, absolutely. I did think it was interesting that I didn't really see that there was an A and B story. Mm-hmm. I thought they were both kind of like. You thought they co- were equal. I thought to a degree, yeah, because I, I think if anything, maybe Sophia's was a little more because we see yeah. more of Caesar Romero. Yeah. But I think you know we had like two co stories going, which were very similar. Yeah. And 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 I didn't think that one outshadowed the other. Yeah, one thing that I didn't mention either when Brent was running through his recap is how much hypocrisy there is with uh, Dorothy giving Sophia the business about, you know, having a casual <laughs> relationship. Mm-hmm. Dorothy's had several casual relationships. Remember when she was in mm-hmm. Chiclet? Yeah. Um, for all we know, <laughs> she's still running around with Stan in the, on the D-Lo. Uh, yeah, when I'll Stan, I'll give mm-hmm. her, you know, I'll be like, okay, well, with Stan, they have history. But she's had other relationships that did not have history behind them. Yeah, she yeah. married gym teachers yeah. and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and people who she's gone to bed with pretty soon after they started dating. There wasn't love involved in all these relationships. Mm-hmm. She more or less hated uh, Piglet, but yeah, still, yeah. still went to bed with <laughs> Animal magnetism. Yeah, so yeah, I don't think she had... Oh, and she really has thrown herself to it, a few of the people like the... Uh, you know, from the actor episode, mm-hmm. um, she threw herself at him. And, the artist episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, she's she has no room at all to, to give shit to Sophia if she wants to you know, get her score on. Yeah. So, anyways, well, so, so we had cheesecake factory last night. Oh, did you? Yeah. How did that go? It was okay. <laughs> did you have a cheesecake while you were there? Or no. Uh, no. I, well, we got it to go. Like I think the waitress was giving us the bums rush. Oh. Uh, because like she. Packaged it all up into go containers. Yeah, and she was like, "It's too big to eat here. You won't be able to finish it." So I've packed it up for you. So eat as much as you want, but then you can leave. Yeah, then get the fuck out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so I'm like, "Ooh, that's what a monster slice of cheesecake I got waiting for me." And then mm-hmm. I got home and I was like, "It's just a normal slice of cheesecake." <laughs> so you just took it sight unseen. That like, oh man, this must be. Uh, Helena, will you help me carry the box? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I was full anyway. Right. So. It was one of those things. I wasn't going to go to the pack problem of unpacking it just to take a bite. Yeah. You, know? you could have done it just out of spite, though. And yeah. she was like... Spare oh, it can... on the window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could eat here, but then you need to go. Exactly. But then you can just unpack it and say, oh, we couldn't possibly wait. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'd, I'd had Cheesecake Factory one time at a different location for lunch 20 years ago. Okay. And, I mean, it was okay. Um, I just remember the service was slow. But um, it was Gabby's birthday. And oh, that's okay. where she wanted to go. So, you know, we all went and everything. And I don't know. It was okay. Did Gabby get a slice of cheesecake to go also? She did. She did. Um, and her and Cassidy each um, finished like half of it last night before oh, okay. they went to bed. And then, um, yeah. So. That sounds like a solid weekend altogether. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you, Ski? When's the last time you had Cheesecake Factory? I have no idea. 
Have you had it before, though? Oh, yeah, I've had it a few times. Nicole likes it quite a bit. Really? Um, We've been there, I'd say, at least once a year for the last few years. Oh, really? Hmm. The last time I had Cheesecake Factory is when I realized that I might be mildly lactose intolerant, or at least, (laughs) you know, I ended up going to the hospital after that trip to Cheesecake Factory because I thought I was having a heart attack, but it was like, no, it's just real severe ingestion (laughs) brought upon by this. Seems unpleasant. Yeah. What'd you order as your entree? I honestly have no, you know, actually, I don't think, I, I don't even think I ordered an entree. I think that we just ordered um, to go. I think we got cheesecake to go. Like, I think I went and picked it up, and then we, we ate it at home that night. Walmart down the street and grab you a cheesecake. Well, not that kind <laughs> of cheesecake. I mean, they have, like, you know, 100 kinds of cheesecake, and I think their cheesecakes are more fanciful than what they offer at Walmart. Oh, I disagree. I think that. It was just a standard. No, you're totally cheesecake. wrong. Yeah. No. What kind of, <laughs> no, you just don't. You didn't look at their menu. You're just like, just give me a cheesecake with strawberries on top. No, I don't I, care I what the, the pumpkin. Fact. I got the pumpkin. Their seasonal specialty. Yeah, yeah. the pumpkin cheesecake is a boring cheesecake. Like what? It's, no. I mean, I'm saying that compared to their <laughs> other cheesecakes, the pumpkin cheesecake is just like regular cheesecake. pumpkin flavored cheesecake. But they have other cheesecakes that have like shit in the middle of them, like candies and whatnot. Um, you know, different like their Reese's cup cheesecake. It's a not a lasagna. Like crumble well, layers. That's and what stuff? makes their cheesecake special. Is that they make it a lasagna type uh, cheesecake. Mm. So if you, if you're looking for just a run of the mill, plain Jane pumpkin cheesecake, then by all means go to Walmart. <laughs> but if you want something that has a little more fanciness to it, you know, yeah, like your Snicker I, cheesecake or whatnot, then all know. that whipped cream. Yeah. So. Uh. I just think you you haven't experienced all the Cheesecake Factory has to offer in your two visits in the last 20 years. <laughs> so. Well, that's not even possible because like, their freaking venue is like 20 pages. Yeah, oh, I know. You'd have to eat there much. every day for yeah. 20 years to get through all of it. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, you know, I, I scout out the menu online before I go to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so and you started like two, three days before? <laughs> exactly. Well, it's just crazy, like 20-some pages and all the different sections and everything. And I generally know what I'm going to order. I mean, I'll call an audible every once in a while. Right. If I get there something, but I at least want something in my mind. That way I don't panic, you know, when I get it. But anyways, so what do you normally order as an entree there? Your, your yearly visits? I mm-hmm. don't know that I have a normal. Um, what Nicole usually gets is a uh, chicken. It's like a bread chicken mm-hmm. uh, with linguine and stuff. Oh. That I've had before. It's quite good. Mm-hmm. Vanessa got the uh, chicken farm sandwich. And mm-hmm. It looked really good. Well, what did you get as your uh, main course? Uh, the vegan cob salad. Oh, okay. It was good. I never had roasted beets on a salad before. It was good. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> I made a joke. I, I'm not sure if I can even say the joke because I'm going to have to use a a person's last name in the joke. Yeah. Um, but I'll just say I made this joke to my son the other day. It was the dirtiest joke I've ever made to my son um, by <laughs> a long shot. Making fun of Gary Sanchez again? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> There's a uh, there's a person in his class with the last name Corn, okay, <laughs> um, and it's a, a, a big lump with knots. Was it? It's a, no. It's <laughs> she's a, a girl who I think that at one time they were a, a couple. Like it was his first girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, but then they broke. You know, as a kid, I mean, he's eleven, yeah, so yeah. it's like a kid girlfriend thing. He's almost twelve. Before mm-hmm. I tell you this joke, I mentioned um, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> he's closing in on thirteen. And he was almost 12. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's almost ready for the PG 13 humor. <laughs> right, exactly. So oh. You guys married him off soon, right? Right. Exactly. Um. He's excited to be 13 because then he can say fuck once per day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was talking about how he wished that uh, 
like we made corn at home more often. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, Were we talking about this on the podcast? No, we never talked about this specific story on the podcast. No, this just was making recent. corn in general. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we have talked about corn on the podcast. <laughs> I, think so. I think Jennifer may have commented yeah. about how it was riveting. <laughs> and I said to Joe, I was like, oh, I get it. You want corn on your cob. <laughs> oh, and he was like, Dad. <laughs> he was wow. very... Uh, He's just a boy. I know. And she's an underage girl. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what makes it funny. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm allowed to anymore, but uh, stay golden, Coco. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.